Chapter 1. What's love got to do with it? Chants from the minarets called the Muslims to prayer as the setting sun streaked the Nile River with reflections of red and orange. It was still hot. Rush hour traffic inched by as Karen Connor stepped out of a cab in front of the Hilton on the Nile. Her cell phone, which she clutched in her hand, rang and her husband's face and number popped up on the screen. She smiled. They hadn't seen each other in two weeks. Happy anniversary, he said. Karen hit herself in the forehead and closed her eyes. You too, honey. Where are you? I'm just leaving the hotel in Buenos Aires. I have an overnight flight to Paris. I need to get back for my board meeting. But I had a thought. Let's just throw in the towel and quit this rat race. Meet me in Capri. We'll relive our honeymoon. She listened and then responded, unable to contain her shock. Meet you in Capri? Sweetheart, you know I can't do that. She stepped into the cool lobby of the hotel so she could hear him better. Just skip your interview and meet me. She thought she heard desperation in his usually calm voice. Rupert, you have a board meeting in Paris. You can't go to Capri either. The difference between you and me is that I'm willing to sacrifice some of my career to save our marriage. I'll reschedule the meeting. Please change your interview. Tension crept into her shoulders. This fight felt old and monotonous. He was beginning to sound like her control freak ex-husband. This is the only time Qaddafi would agree to meet me. It's the biggest interview of my career. You should be happy for me. Happy for you? Karen, I never see you. You care more about your career than you do me. You miss my award ceremony and now this. Is our relationship worth anything to you? Meet me in Libya. Libya? I want romance, not war-torn destinations. Really, Karen? Karen lowered her head as the dial tone pulsated in her ear. She whispered into the dead receiver, I love you. Karen waited in the first-class lounge of the Cairo airport for a plane to take her to Tripoli, Libya. Waiting, always waiting. She'd been in the lounge for three hours when she heard the announcement that her plane would be delayed another three she read the newspapers, thumbed through all the old magazines, and reviewed her notes for the Qaddafi interview at least ten times. Her feelings rotated from frustration to guilt that she forgot her wedding anniversary and to anger with Rupert for asking her to give up the most important interview of her career. Then she was quizzical about the desperation she heard in his voice. They both had demanding jobs, which took a toll on their marriage. She recalled when she missed his award ceremony and hung her head. Afterward, she had heard about the single women's attraction to him because he was solo, and the other wives of the board members warned her to devote more time to her marriage. But she thought they were just silly and old-fashioned. And yes, she would rather be in Capri than sitting around in this awful airport. There was a TV in the corner of the room. She had turned down the sound hours ago, but now something caught her eye a low-rise building exploding. As a reporter for CNN, she was accustomed to sensational events. Her first thought was, another terrorist bombing in Paris. For some reason, this one pulled her across the room. She turned up the volume, her reporter's curiosity replaced by fear. As the building came into focus, she recognized it as the Whitehall Investment Bank, her husband's company. Frozen like a pillar, she looked up and watched as the building exploded. 
rained a storm of mortar and steel into the surrounding streets and finally settled in upon itself, a sea of rubble and dust. The five-story building looked like a one-story rubbish yard. She stood in silence in front of the television set. At first she felt denial. He couldn't have been there. Maybe he went to Capri on his own. I can change my flight and find him. She returned to her chair and reached for a satellite telephone, dialed his number at the office, then felt foolish for thinking it might connect. Next, she hoped he wasn't at work, and she tried his cell phone. No connection. Then she recalled that today was the day of his quarterly board meeting, a meeting always held at company headquarters. Karen sank into the well-worn chair. She tried the cell phone of her next-door neighbor, who worked with her husband. Brian, it's Karen. Are you okay? Of course, I'm just here at work. Why? 